Hello, lovelies. Welcome to my podcast, Love, Hope, and Fluffy Stuff. It's your girl, Alyssa. I just wanted to get right into saying that this podcast will be a safe haven for my fellow fatties, a place where you can unwind and be your authentic self. This is a space that promotes kindness, respect, and love. On this page, we will show empathy and compassion to those seeking it and a swift block to those wanting to promote hatred and malice. I am by no means perfect. None of us are. We are all flawed, but I have the same right as you to love mine. Okay, so today we're going to be talking about the big D. Let's talk about the big D, lovelies. Not that one, sis, although it comes with the territory. I'm talking about dating. I don't know about y'all, but I was raised in the church. Shoot, I was raised under the church. I never left that place. I considered myself a pastor kid because my parents are ministers. You know, they never fully said, hey, we are pastors, but we had a, we've opened churches before and things like that. So, I mean, that's what I considered myself. And honestly, it didn't matter what position your parents had in the church. Um, you weren't allowed to date. I mean, I went to prom with my friends. I had a great time, but still. As a teenager, you want to be doing the things that your friends are doing. They're going out on dates. You want to go out on dates. They're at the mall holding hands, making out, all that stuff. And you're like, um, okay, so we're not going to get to do that? I mean, <clears throat> as a teenager, at least for me, I wanted to feel loved. You want the things that your peers brag about. I grew up being obsessed with fairy tales and happy ever after. I literally watched Cinderella, the one with Brandy and Whitney Houston, basically religiously. To this day, I can quote that whole movie know all the songs like that was my sitch watching people fall in love and and wanting it i wanted to be loved i wanted to be happy like the people in those movies whose life started out so so shitty and then by meeting each other by finding your soulmate things got better. And as a child, I just assumed being with the person you love made life better, but it's more than that. Somehow that person makes you wanna be better. So I wanted to be happy. Growing up in foster care, I literally craved it. Like. 
it was like an addiction. Watching people fall in love with each other was my favorite pastime. So when I became what I considered a miniature adult, I was ready to tap into the love vein, hook up my IV and be a content lover. That dream was short-lived. For one, everyone told me that I was too fat to be dateable. My family, friends, the boys I was having crushes on, who told me I was a great friend. Alyssa, you're a great friend, but you're just not girlfriend material. But I could talk about females and set them out with my girlfriends, but I couldn't be the girlfriend. Now, mind you, I lived in this quaint little town where the population of African-American people was a handful. And I stood out because of that. Got called the N-word way too often. And then being overweight as well. I didn't understand it then, but no one was gonna take that risk to say, hey, I like this girl and I want to date her. Because that's just how things were. And it could have been that someone liked me, liked me. I mean, I'm pretty damn fabulous. My personality, I told y'all the last time, it's pretty great. And I'm hilarious. But societal standards, man, it's hard to break those. So if that wasn't the only issue, I wasn't allowed to date. I was a woman of God. And he would send me a holy man if only I stayed pure. Well, I ran with the idea because God knew how I'm built. So he's not going to send me someone who wants a Beyonce and I look like a Maytag washer. Like, he knows. So I was like, okay, since this whole boyfriend thing, no one wants me, I'm not girlfriend material, sitch is going on, I'm going to just wait on God to do his thing. I'm going to just be sitting here waiting. Then I turned 18. I'm I'm what God? I'm still waiting. I, yeah, I'm still waiting, God. Praying to you daily, trying to be faithful out in these streets. Then 21, and then 22, and so on. And Mr. Holy never showed up. And I was looking. I was like, am I being chipped? Now, while these years are passing, I'm being told to fix myself up 
in case I see him at the grocery store. While also being told that a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing. Right? So I got to get fancy to go to the grocery store to be presentable for him, but I'm not supposed to be looking for him. I'm not supposed to find him. He's supposed to find me. But every time we go somewhere, I gotta be wife presentable. I can't wear my satin bonnet outside because he might see me. So here I am going to the gas station dressed to the nine for no reason outside of looking, not looking for my future husband. I just, it didn't quite make sense because how am I supposed to know? Like I, wouldn't he, uh, oh, and then being told that he just appears in my life, kind of like the fairy tales. Every Christian marriage I've heard is them being in ministry together and then boom, they married as if God is a fairy godmother. Well, I just, it's so backwards. So now, after a few relationships under my belt, I've come to a few conclusions for myself. One, men don't really care about your size. I know that sounds crazy. It's really society forcing them to be like, I need to like this type of girl. But the people that they love in their life, the women that they love in their life, for the most part, look like us. And I'm not trying to throw any shade here, but I'm just saying, like, in most cases, their, their mom, their favorite auntie, you know, their grandma, their sister, they're fluffy. But because society says these women aren't the beauty standard, they're going other places to find who they think is the love of their life or who could be, you know, but I'm just saying in reality, they probably could have had a crush on you their whole lives. <clears throat> and now with this whole plus size movement going on, everyone's throwing in their change, trying to get a dollar. But I'm not looking for sense, baby. I'm not. I'm not interested. When the time to have had me when I was low and didn't care who threw in their change, that time has passed. Men, real men, I'm not talking about boys. Real men are attracted to confidence integrity, intelligence. They want to know that you're going to be able to support yourself, that you can cook, that you can clean. And I'm not talking about being domestic. I'm just saying, who wants someone who can't clean up after themselves? 
Real men aren't going to try and change you because they will add value to your life, not take it away. You do not have to change for real men. They're not going to nitpick at you. There aren't as many of them. It's like finding a needle in a haystack. So if you create lists to find him, you might just miss your soulmate. I am the list queen. Girl, I'll make a list for everything. But I realized my list was limiting me. If I'm expecting a soulmate or someone that, you know, God is just going to drop down in front of me or even in the fairy tales, they didn't have lists. And if they did, by the end of the movie is usually the opposite of what they were expecting or wanting. And it ended up being the perfect person for them. That's real life. Those lists limit you. I believe that you have to be open to love. And I'm still a sucker for it. I still crave it with everything in my being. I didn't let anything that's happened thus far change that. I still believe in fairy tales and happy ever afters. Life is as beautiful as you make it. So if you dwell on the negative, that's all you will ever have. That's what I mean by fairy tales. Not saying that nothing will ever go wrong in life because it's life. So that's kind of inevitable. But to me, the term happy ever after is choosing to be happy ever after. No matter what situations arise, you are determined with that soulmate to conquer them together, to love through it. You may not always like each other, but if the love stands, the happiness will too. Because relationships are equal partnerships. It shouldn't be all give and all take. Both have to provide the same things. So the give and take is equal. I've been in relationships where I'm the only one giving because I want so badly to be loved by someone that I am literally stretching myself thin to keep someone who doesn't want to be kept. As I enter my 30s soon, I'm ready to accept whatever love has for me. I've thrown out my list. I've stopped pretending to be anything other than myself. The girl who wants to be a writer for a living, who wants to build a farm, the girl who watches kids shows for herself 
and to argue with my five and six-year-old niece and nephew about them. The girl who still watches romance movies, even though she knows exactly what's going to happen. The girl who laughs way too loud and loves just as strong. The girl who is willing to wait for her soulmate. From this point forward, I am refusing to settle for anyone who doesn't value my mind just because I am lonely. I want love, but I also want respect. And those things are now no longer negotiable. So instead of dating losers, I'm going to date my goals. That way, the only thing that I have to divorce is my excuses and not some scumbag later down the road. When it's time to marry whomever God has for me, I'll be ready. Until then, I'm working on loving the woman I am because I fought really hard to become her.